The Redbirds salvage a weekend split with the Pirates. Is this the win that helps them turn the corner on the season? This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, we're all over the place, even on YouTube. You can find us there, like, subscribe, and comment. That way you can interact with us. Hit the notification button. That way you know when your new episodes are going to be posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming a Major League Baseball general manager and managing your own baseball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or you can also look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code locked on in all caps in the game. So the Cardinals get the uh, walk-off win on Sunday, which is great, right? And it was it was a tough and frustrating battle against the Pittsburgh Pirates throughout uh, the whole weekend and yesterday. Uh, first batter of the game had us going. Here we go again. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, Key Brian Hayes, it's a sinking ball to center field. Lars Newbard comes in, attempts to make this beautiful diving play. Doesn't make it. Instead, it gets past him, rolls to the wall, leadoff triple, Next batter flies out, boom, you're in the hole again, one to nothing. And this team constantly feels like they are playing from behind, doesn't it? And it's because they are. The Cardinals have played 16 games so far this season. And in 10 of those games, the Cardinals have had to play from behind before they even score a run. So I'm not talking about where, you know, they would have the lead, lose it, have to be behind again and come back. I'm talking about from the get-go, from at one point where they haven't scored a run yet, they're losing. 10 times so far. And in six of their games this season, they have been behind either before ever even hitting or after the first inning was complete. That's a whole lot of, a lot of climbing uphill to do. And that's not easy. It's one of the most frustrating things about this team so far this year. They're constantly in a hole just right out of the gate. And that makes life tough. Uh, Miles Michaelis, he was better in this one. I'm not going to say he was great and did anything special, but he was much better in this one. He allows three runs, only two of them earned on seven hits. He walks two, he strikes out four. Not a, a sexy line by any means. You're hoping he goes further in ball games, uh, the way, especially the way the, the bullpens had to be overused here in the early going. But he got to 92 pitches and he gave the team a chance to win, which is what his job is as a starter. And you could also say that the first run and the third run, which scored on the Donovan error, should have scored at all. And then you have Miles giving up just one run instead. Now, if New plays that that first hit of the game a little more cautiously, and I'm not, I don't want to take away his aggressiveness and trying to make a great play, especially in the first inning. You got a whole game to come back. I understand that. Uh, but if you if you were to play back a little bit and played it cautiously and held that the leadoff hitter to a single, he may not cross the plate. And then how would you feel about Miles' performance if uh, he only gave up one run, but the rest of the numbers were still the same? Would you still be disappointed in Miles Michaelis. 
I say no. I think you'd be okay with that. Uh, at the plate, the Cardinals put together 12 hits on the day. Contreras had an RBI single in the first to tie things back up. So you got the you got the game evened out right away after the leadoff triple and then the sack fly. Uh, you get the two-run jack from New Bar. And I saw this picture, and I want to throw it up there on YouTube because uh, I just thought it was uh, – where is he at? This one right here. There he is. I just thought that was a cool picture. <laughs> I think that's really neat. Uh, Lars Newbar has been wonderful to have him back in the lineup, in the clubhouse, bringing the energy. And um, they're, they're a different team when he's around. It's 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 a fact. But he hits that two-run jack to uh, tie things back up in the sixth inning. But when it comes to the offense, I know that there's a moment in this game that had all of us just ready to throw a baseball through the television. Or maybe it was just me and my rage issues, but boy, was I upset. You know, it's it's the eighth inning. Goldie leads off with a single. Arenado hits a double. Cardinals are in business. Second and third, nobody out, and they don't score. They don't score. Contreras whiffs on five pitches, and none of them, none of them, even remotely close to a strike. Just a brutal at bat, and clearly a situation where he's trying to do too much. He wants to come through. He, he's upset at the start he's had to the season. He's frustrated. And he he wants to win this one for the Cardinals. And he just chases everything. That, they throw everything low and away. And he went outside of the zone and looked awful. He looked awful in that at bat. Too overaggressive. Got himself out, basically. He's got to be better than that. And then it's Nolan Gorman's turn. And you can't complain about what Nolan Gorman's done this season. You know, there, there's nothing really to be upset at him about. He's been outstanding and as clutch as anybody can be on this team. And he was later on in this game. But in this particular spot, he strikes out on four pitches, two outs. Haven't put the ball in play yet. Second and third, nobody out, and you haven't even put the ball in play. They intentionally walk nude to get to Jordan Walker. And Jordan Walker, it's not that he had a bad at bat. He got up 2-0, and he hits the fly ball that you wish you had gotten out of the, <laughs> the first two guys, uh, out of Contreras and out of uh, uh, Gorman. But instead, it's, it means nothing. And the Cardinals strand both runners. My blood boiling at this point. Absolutely boiling. Like my wife came home from uh, the gym at this point of the game. And she's just like, what's going, what's going on? What's up with you? And I'm like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk right now. I, I cannot believe what I just saw. You know the scene in Moneyball when Billy Bean whips the chair against the wall in the hallway? That was me. <laughs> That's where I was. I wanted to throw things. I was so upset, just maddening that you cannot get the job done there. And that's what losing teams do. They fail in such situations. And so far this year, the Cardinals have been a losing baseball team. They shouldn't be a losing baseball team. They're better than this. But this is the kind of stuff that costs you ball games. Now, credit to them. They did not pack it in. The Pirates score the ghost runner in the 10th inning by doing what winning clubs do. They hit a ground ball to the right side. It moves the runner over to third base. Next guy hits another ground ball over to Goldie. Not an easy play. And Goldie may or may not have had a play at the plate if he fields it cleanly. I, I don't think he would have. I think the guy would have been safe. But the ground over grounder over to the right side gets the, gets the run in. They don't even hit it out of the infield, but they got the guy from second into home. That's what winning baseball teams do. They did their job. The Cardinals need to start doing things like that more often. In the 10th for the Cardinals, though, Contreras has a great plate appearance. A, a completely different one. A 180 from what he looked like in that 8th inning to what he looked like in the 10th inning. He works the walk. Then it's Gorman who comes through this time, lacing one down the line and uh, off the wall 
over in right field. A little picture of where Gorman did that one. Uh, unfortunately, he hits the ball hard enough that it hops over the wall, hits the top, goes over, and it's a ground rule double, or this game is probably over right then and there the way Contreras could run. With Contreras on uh, first base, and you had the other runner on second, which was Goldie to start the inning. Uh, that game's probably over. But unfortunately, just the way things have been going for the Cardinals, it's ground rule double. But the game is tied up. Um, they walk Newt again to get to Walker, who strikes out looking. Uh, and it was a beauty of a slider. I'm not going to really get on Jordan Walker for striking out there. That was a tough pitch. Uh, sometimes the pitcher's just better. And uh, that puts Tommy Edmond in the situation to uh, pick up the RBI single on the first pitch that he sees. And uh, that is how they get the uh, game-winning RBI and uh, end up getting the win. You know, and uh, it's a walk-off. It's a 5-4. It's their first walk-off win of this season. And at the end of the day, you fought back for a W, and it had to feel good. And you could tell by the celebration. I got a picture up on YouTube right now of uh, of Newt and Edmund, you know, jumping up and bouncing into each other. And uh, you saw the celebration. You saw how bad this team wanted this victory. It's been a frustrating first two weeks of baseball for this team. It really has. And there's a lot of reasons for it. There's a lot of things that uh, they've been doing wrong. There's a lot of things that uh, have been going against them early on. But they got the win. They salvaged the series. Will this be the spark that gets the team going? We're going to find out soon enough because <laughs> Arizona is in town now. And we're going to preview that series here in just a little bit. Plus, I still got to get you the good, bad, and the ugly recap from the Pittsburgh series, which includes a wild stat about Nolan Gorman. And we'll do that next here on Locked on Cardinals. If you love baseball and you love video games, then you got to be trying Ultimate Baseball GM. It combines your dream of being a major league GM with the fun and enjoyment of a video game. We've all had that moment in our lives where we thought we could do a better job than our favorite team's general manager. And it doesn't matter what sport. It, it, you've done it in all of them, I'm sure. Baseball, there's times when you're like, what is Mosellock doing? Well, here's your chance to, to prove that you can be better than him. You'll be in charge of managing every strategic aspect of your team. You're going to play through the season, and you can lead your team to glory or absolute failure, go down in flames and get fired. You got to hire the right coaches and the staff. You got to manage your finances. You got to scout. You got to draft. You got to manage their personalities. Not everybody's the best friend. Sometimes you got guys who are a little bit pain in the butt. <laughs> you got to navigate through the free agency, the ups and downs of the season, injuries, all this in a challenging and realistic game world, ultimate baseball GM. One of the great things about it, there's multiple things, but one of them is that it's free. It's not going to cost you anything to try it and have some fun with it. And you can play it anywhere you want. It's playable offline. You don't have to connect to Wi-Fi. You don't have to be somewhere that's got fantastic internet to uh, get the enjoyment out of it. You can play anywhere in the car. If you need to on the airplane, Locked on Cardinals listeners, you're getting a free, 100% uh, free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. So make sure to check it out. You can download the game. Just visit probaseballgm.com. You've got the code if you're watching on YouTube below me that you can scan or look it up in your app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we're going to have a recap of what happens tonight at Bush Stadium. No days off for the Cardinals, man. They're, they're keeping busy. Uh, they got the Diamondbacks in town. Jack Flaherty will be throwing tonight. And uh, we'll see if Jack Flaherty's control issues are, are under control. He looked good in Colorado in his last outing. Only one walk. That's pretty good. 
Hopefully, Jack, who has gotten better with each start, will continue this trend. Uh, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Now, the Cards split the series with Pittsburgh. Let's go back to what we just saw the last four days. They end their week with a winning record at 4-3. and three. I know it feels like they went 1-6, and six, but they didn't. They actually went 4-3. and three. Uh, Going into the week, I said they should probably go 5-2. and two. Four and three will have to do, uh, but it's a step in a positive direction. It's a winning record, and the way things have been going for the team, a winning record, you'll, you'll take that. So let's start with the good from the series, and once again, I want to go to Nolan Gorman here. Uh, Nolan Gorman, his the Nolan Gorman revenge tour, as I like to call it, has been awesome to watch. And when I say the revenge tour, it's not on the other teams in Major League Baseball. It's him proving all of the haters wrong who were ready to trade him this offseason, who think he's going to be worthless and he's garbage and that he's going to strike out way too much and he's not a good fielder and all of the things that you guys bitched and moaned about Nolan Gorman. He's proven you wrong. He just is. Uh, six for 16 in the series against Pittsburgh, four RBIs. And for the week, he hit two home runs at eight RBIs on the season now. He's batting 333, which is tied with the other Nolan, Nolan Arenado, for first on the team. He leads the team in RBIs with 14. If you had any criticism about him in the series against Pittsburgh, I would say that the strikeouts crept up again. That was uh, something that you don't want to see that trending upwards. Six strikeouts, only one walk. It was pretty even most of the way until this series, but that could also be because he feels like he has to do it all, that he's the one who's got to step up because nobody else behind him will, and rightfully so, which takes me to the bad portion of this series. Did you realize that Nolan Gorman, after what I just told you, despite his success, didn't score a single run in this series against Pittsburgh? A single run, never crossed the plate. Did you know he has only scored five times all season? And four of the times that he's crossed the plate, he drove in himself because he's got four home runs. Only one time this year has Nolan Gorman, with all of the greatness that he's been doing with getting on base, batting average, taking walks, only once has anybody knocked him in. Once. That's crazy to me. That is absolutely crazy to me. And when I saw it, I couldn't believe it. This is why I don't get why moving Gorman into the number five hole and Contreras to number six is such a bad idea. I don't get it. Here's my logic. Follow me. You switch up. First off, something that I think is great is you switch up the righty-lefty log jam that you have in the middle of that order there because what Ali's been putting out there is he's got Donovan left-handed. He usually has like an Alec Burleson or a Lars Newbar batting second. So you got your back-to-back lefties. And then he goes three straight righties with Goldie, Arenado, and Contreras. And Contreras, and I have total faith that he's going to be fine. But he's not getting it done in the number five hole. So why would not moving Nolan Gorman up into number five and then Contreras number six be all that bad of an idea? And then you have Contreras, when he does start hitting, which he's starting to look a little bit better, he's protecting Gorman. And you have that lefty in there now. Why is that such a bad idea? And if Gorman starts to fall off, and I'm sure he'll slump at some point or another, because everybody does, you can move Contreras back up. Switch him back. I, I don't know what the big deal is. With runners on this year, Nolan Gorman is hitting 458. 458. Wilson Contreras is hitting 143, which is ahead of only 
Brendan Donovan, who's hitting a dismal 118 with runners on base this year. And sure, Contreras has shown some life the last couple of games, and that's awesome because they need him. But I just don't see what the logic of him sitting in that number five spot has been this whole time while he was struggling, while he's going 0 for 22. What, what are we waiting for? Move some dudes around. It'd be different if this team, you know, was, uh, you know, 10 and 6 instead of where they are, but they're not. It hasn't worked. So switch things up. I, I don't get it. I don't understand that. Uh, the ugly portion of all this, and has nothing to do with offensively, but it's something we got to talk about, and we've touched on it a couple of times, and that's that's Jordan Hicks. Um, Hicks, because of it, if, if you don't know, Hicks, because of his service time, the amount of years he's already put into the league, has no options left. You can't just send him down to the minor leagues, which is what a lot of people are like. Why are, why are, why is he here? Send him down. Well, he can't just be sent down. You, you have to get his permission, actually, at this point in his career. Without his consent, he doesn't have to go anywhere. And if he said, no, I'm not, the Cardinals have the option to designate him for assignment and hope nobody picks him up on waivers and then send him down. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> Somebody's going to claim him. You don't just let guys in their mid-20s who throw 103 walk. That's not what you do. Um, and as great as it would be for him to do what's best for the team and go down to the minor leagues to do that, do you blame him for not wanting to? I mean, would you rather be on the big club in St. Louis or in the minors trying to work your way back? I mean, it's a pretty easy answer there. So I'm not going to get upset for Jordan Hicks for doing what's best for his personal life. I understand. At the same time, though, you are essentially one man short in the bullpen because right now you can't trust him to come in and do anything positive. His ERA on the season, 12.71. He's allowed runs in every single appearance except for two. So he's made seven appearances. Five of them, runners have scored against him. And in those two appearances where they didn't, he pitched two-thirds of an inning with a strikeout against Milwaukee, which has been his only good appearance all year. And in the other one, which was against Pittsburgh on Thursday, he got one out and he walked two guys before they yanked him. So what do you do? What do you do? It's a tough spot to be in. I suggested, eh, let's go with the arm fatigue injury and just have him take a mental break from everything. Because I'm sure that's part of what's going on here, too. It's a lot of physical stuff. And then there at the same point, it's probably mental at this point. He's frustrated. He's not used to not being good at baseball. According to Rob Rains at stlsportspage.com, manager Ali Marmel had a long conversation on Sunday morning with Jordan Hicks, and this is the quote he got from him. We need to figure out a way for him to be more effective and usable. We've got to figure out a way to get him right in a real setting, which is not the easiest thing to do, but it's the task at hand. So the team is going to try to use him in low leverage situations, if possible, for the time being. And to that, I say, that's great. That's great and all, but this team is never in those situations. <laughs> They've been in close games pretty much every single game so far this season. So when is it safe to bring in Jordan Hicks? When are you okay with giving up two or three runs or letting somebody walk two or three guys? Never. <laughs> There's never one of those situations. So um, I don't know how they're going to pull this off. I really don't. Um and I, and I want to point this out, too. One of the reasons why the games have been so close this year, I don't know if you've noticed, but the schedule that the Cardinals were given here in the early going, kind of a buzzsaw. I mean, check this out. The Cardinals have only faced one team so far with a losing record, and that was Colorado. 
They have faced the first place team in the NL East, which is the Atlanta Braves, who have the second best record in baseball at 12 and four behind Tampa Bay, who had that ridiculous start to the year. Finally lost a couple of games over the weekend. Uh, the NL Central leading Brewers, they face them, who have the third best record in baseball. They face the Blue Jays, who aren't in first place in the AL East because the Tampa Bay Rays are in first place in the East because of that ridiculous start. They have the fourth best record in baseball at 10-6. and six. The Pirates, clearly no slouch, played the Cardinals very, very hard. So they're no pushover. They've got a winning record. And now they've got the NL West leading Diamondbacks coming into town for the next three games. This is not an easy start. They have not faced teams that they're that much better than. And some can argue at this point in the season, they're not better than most of them, the way that they perform. But it's been a tough go. So I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just pointing out the facts of how tough this first, first month has been, at least the first two weeks of the season schedule-wise, has been for the Cardinals. Uh, it's been quite the gauntlet. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about these Diamondbacks next here on Locked on Cardinals. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Now, unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience by collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to uh, win yourself some, some very cool stuff, epic rewards. Win or lose, you get to keep your cards, you own them, and there's no cost to play. You get to play for free. Uh, plus, the more you win, the more you advance, which will collect even increasingly more powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. Uh, this morning, popped open my So Rare to see how I did over the weekend. Not bad. I ended up uh, landing a Mookie Betts card this morning, so I'll have him and I line up. Uh, my offense has got Mookie, Kyle Tucker, Matt Chapman, and Jonathan India from the Reds is my kind of core offensive players at the moment. So. Um, Hopefully, I'll do better this week. I, I got, I'll keep it rolling. But if you haven't done it yet, be a part of it. Because if you get to the top of the leaderboards, you can win a variety of awards, which include so rare scarcity cards. Uh, you've got game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, VIP experiences, like meeting actual MLB players. So head to so rare.com slash locked on. Check it out for yourself. It's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com. Draft your team of free cards. Set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. The Arizona Diamondbacks are in town for three games beginning tonight at Bush Stadium, which, by the way, why is it winter again? Like just a couple of days ago, we're enjoying beautiful weather. Now I'm in hoodies and I'm all bundled up. I got the heat on in the, in the place again. Heck is going on here? Anyway, the Diamondbacks lead the NL West at 9-7. and seven. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10, but they just lost 2-3 of three to the Marlins over the weekend, but they were coming off winning 2-3 of three against Milwaukee earlier in the week. Uh, a couple of guys to uh, keep your eye on here. Corbin Carroll, rookie sensation. Corbin Carroll, one of the top prospects in baseball. Last year, coming into this year, he actually was ahead of Jordan Walker in the rankings. Has had a great start to his season. He's hitting 288, four home runs, eight RBIs, and six stolen bases. And the thing about him is he's not a big guy. Like, you hear those numbers, and you're like, oh, he's probably like, you know, 6'1", 6'2". No. <laughs> he's 5'10", 165 pounds. He's a little guy. He's not big by any means, but he just does everything pretty darn well. Everything. He's a, he's a five-tool guy. 
Certainly someone the Cardinals are going to have to neutralize over the next three days if they want to win. Uh, the leadoff guy for Arizona, Josh Rojas, is eighth in the NL in uh, batting average right now at 356. So you got to keep him off base. They ended up landing Lourdes Gurriel and Gabriel Moreno from the Blue Jays in the offseason in that trade for Dalton Varshow. Uh, they've been solid additions. Christian Walker and Cattell Marte, guys that you would think would be stars on this team, have had tough starts to the year so far at the play, but are, are familiar names that we know can do some damage. So you got to keep an eye on them. The team hasn't hit for much power this year. They've only got 12 home runs, which is uh, second to last in the National League, but they do run. They, they steal bases. They've got 18 steals, which is third in the National League. So uh, Contreras and I'm sure Kisner will probably get a start in one of these three games. Uh, they have to be ready behind home plate and the, the pitcher's going to have to keep these guys close. So they're going to take extra bags from you. Uh, pitching wise, they're pretty similar to the Cardinals. Actually, uh, they've um, got similar numbers here. Uh, ERA wise, uh, they're tied 4.34. They've allowed 71 runs to score compared to 74 for the Cardinals. Uh, they've given up more home runs, 22 to 17. Uh, but, but their pitching staff isn't, anything that special uh their top pitcher former cardinals farman zach gallon i know i know part of the trade with sandy alcantara i know uh he threw yesterday so the cardinals won't have to face him so that's great they've got merrill kelly who was with uh team usa at the world baseball classic on the mound tonight he's 0-2 with a 2.93 era so sounds like he's had some tough luck uh not winning a game yet 15 k's and 15 in the third innings but also 12 walks so Maybe that's something the Cardinals can use to their advantage. Uh, the Cardinals will have Jack Flaherty on the mound tonight, coming off his best game of the year last week against Colorado. On Tuesday, Dre Jamison against Jordan Montgomery. Now, Jamison started the year as a relief pitcher. He he didn't crack the, the starting rotation out of spring training, so they moved him to the bullpen. But then Zach Davies got hurt, so Jamison slides into the rotation. Just made his first start of the year last week. Fired four scoreless innings against Milwaukee. And the Cardinals... Let's be honest, they tend to stink against dudes they've never seen before, so hopefully they can reverse that trend on Tuesday, but be prepared to be frustrated. At least I'm preparing myself to be frustrated on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, you got Madison Bumgarner, who is an absolute shell of himself these days. Uh, he'll be taking on Jake Woodford. Mad Bum, he's just been bad this year. He's 0-2. His ERA is at 7.90. Has allowed 18 hits in 13 and two-thirds innings. He's walked 11 end of his career basically is and he's still in their rotation uh the cardinals are second in the league in batting against left-handers hitting 316 so could be a good day for the team offensively on wednesday if you are one of those people who does like daily fantasy maybe start every single one of the cardinals on uh, on wednesday against madison Bumgarner. so um you know you hope the cardinals take two of three this week uh in the series against the the diamondbacks you you, you you want to keep winning more than you're losing. That's really the bottom line. So uh, especially Wednesday. Wednesday should be kind of a layup the way we're looking at it. Not saying Jake Woodford's been fantastic, although his last start, he was great. He was brilliant. But that has got to be a win on Wednesday. So hopefully you get either tonight or tomorrow a victory and you take two of three. That would that would be uh, that would be this thing working. <laughs> Once again, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Uh, every day or tomorrow on the show, we recap what happens tonight at Bush Stadium between the Cards and the Diamondbacks. Can the team ride the momentum from yesterday's walk-off with an extra innings into this series? Let's hope so. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You are the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.